Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I want you to be able to make great, informed financial decisions. And so the purpose of this podcast is to give you information, to give you some facts. I'm also going to share some of my opinions on world economic affairs. This is macroeconomics, not micro, my, macro, high-level stuff. Uh, occasionally, I'll get sidetracked, and I'll... Uh, but those sidetracks have an impact on e the economy, and so they have a purpose. In addition, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and life and where I am and what I'm doing. So stay tuned, and here we go. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. It is five days to Christmas. It is Sunday, December the 20th, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you. Oh, I've got a, an action-packed, but fairly short podcast for you today. I'm going to talk about the stock market and uh, explain why I keep saying it's high and uh, tell you what's happened this last week also. And then I'm going to have a very special thing on... Uh, the virus and vaccines that are coming out. Uh, what I'm going to do is just present some questions to you. Again, purpose of Economy Guy, get you, the listeners, to be thinking for yourself. You try to answer these questions if you can, because uh, uh, I'm having difficulty answering them. So let's get on with the market. First of all, the markets went sideways. That's my favorite statement, and it's absolutely true. And gold got, came back into its trading range. It's about 1882 right now, and it's uh, the trading range is 1850 to 1950. So it's happily back in the range uh, where it had fallen out in the past. So that was uh, all good news for gold owners. Uh, also, the dollar fell uh, uh, and is continuing to fall a little bit, so showing real weakness. And the um, but not excessive, just you know, a normal fall, slowly, slowly falling, and silver jumped up quite a bit, too. So, let's see here. The um, A little economic news here. The Federal Reserve had their last meeting of the year. And guess what? No change. They're going to keep interest rates at 0%, and they're going to continue their quantitative easing, even though they don't call it quantitative easing. It is quantitative easing at the rate of $120 billion of purchases every month. Uh, for those of you who like, uh, uh, you know, uh, PhD-level mathematics, that's about $1.4 trillion per year. That's a lot of money. And um, they also laid out a little teeny little statement that said, and they may, from time to time, buy even more than that. And if they make that little statement, that means they definitely will be buying more than that sometime in the future. So their hints are actually not too subtle. So that's the Federal Reserve. God bless them. Uh, it the, looks very much like a stimulus, stimulus package is coming, and it'll include $600 per individual citizen. Uh, when it happens. So something to look forward to. Kind of a Christmas gift is the way it's being done. Actually, it's just really late because uh, the president wanted it to happen before the 
election, of course, and the Democrats didn't want it to happen before the election, of course. And then they've been struggling ever since, so they finally come to maybe a solution, and it looks like that solution is a Christmas gift. So, Merry Christmas to all of you. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. Well, let's start with the economic recovery of the United States. It's gone. Now, moving right along. The jobless claims. Jobless claim. New people. The first time people have claimed uh, unemployment. The number this last week was 885,000. That's almost a million. That's a huge number of people. Uh, that should tell you how weak our economy really is. And more of that is coming on the details of why it's weak and nothing else is. And along with all of those unemployed people, there's a total of 20.6 million Americans who are receiving unemployment benefits of one sort or another. Now that's a pretty big number, 20.6. So, you know, that's, that's way too big. Now, the U.S. economy runs on its stomach. Uh, retail is what it's all about. It's consumer spending. And November, the, for the month of November, retail sales were down 1.1%. And that is with a Black Friday included. That should make you a little nervous about the overall economy. That's why earlier I said the economic recovery is over. The economy is going sideways or slightly downward bias right now. It's actually getting a little worse right this moment. The stimulus, stimulus package, uh, assuming that actually hits, will will help, but uh, help it certainly stop from going down and maybe keep it going sideways or slightly upward. We'll see what happens there. Now let's talk about stocks a little bit. That's so much fun to talk about stocks, isn't it? Uh, the S&P 500 is... Uh, overvalued. It's been analyzed by tons of people. The experts, here's what the experts are saying, uh, that if you reduce the value of the S&P 500 by 26%, it would move from where it is to just being overvalued. No, you got that right, overvalued. So what is it today if it has to drop 26% to become overvalued? It's hyper overvalued in the way I would put it. It's very expensive. And if the S&P of today dropped 46%, it would come all the way down to its median value. In other words, roughly where it should be if it were going up and down across the median. And uh, that's 46% is like almost half. So that uh, tells you, hey, things might be a little overpriced out there, guys. Yeah, it just might be. Warren Buffett has his favorite indicator you know what that is, is if you take the value of all the stocks of all the corporations, the big ones, and you divide it by the GDP of the country, that gives you a ratio. And the ratio today is 181%. 181%. That's the highest it's ever been in the history of his indicator. The highest before that was 167%, and that was back in 2000 when the dot-com bubble, those of you who can remember that, happened. Uh, it's an interesting, take it as another indicator. Buffett would say, hey, stocks are pretty expensive. You betcha. You betcha. Now, um, see, here's the thing. Big companies, the big companies, the big corporations, their earnings today are the same as they were before the virus. In other words, uh, they're back to normal. 
in terms of earnings, the big corporations are doing just fine. But here's the problem. The price of those companies, and as quoted in share prices, is 35% higher. Earnings the same, price 35% higher. Does that give you a, a nice warm feeling? Uh, well, I don't know. That's your feelings. Okay. And uh, naturally, I've always talked about, you know, I think we're in a bubble. Uh, who knows what it takes to burst this bubble? But I'll give you a little history. Uh, past bubbles have burst uh, many times when a huge corporate collapse has occurred. I'll give you some examples. How about Enron? There was a big market fall when Enron collapsed. Or the Lehman Brothers, <laughs> or even Bear Stearns. Those were big, big companies that went under. So, hey, keep looking for big companies going under. Should be fun to watch, don't you think? I do. Okay, coming up next is my discussion on questions about the virus. Okay, so let's get on with the questions that I have for the virus and vaccination, the vaccines. This will be a lot of fun. I'm just going to kick around with some ideas, some questions I've been having in my mind for a while. Let's talk about a typical virus, not the one that's coronavirus, COVID-19 thing, because who knows, is that typical or not? First question, is it typical or not? But let's talk about a typical virus. Let's talk about a flu virus, like last year and the year before and the year before and the year before. We've always had flu virus, at least the companies who make vaccine, vaccines uh, tell you there's a flu virus every year because they're always making some vaccination for it, right? So what is it? how does that work? Well, the way a virus spreads is it goes from person to person somehow. I mean, you touch something, you know, somebody sneezes on you, eh, you get it. You know, it's not, not a pretty subject, but you catch it. And the idea is it spreads from person to person to person. And, uh, but nobody wants it, and they all hide, and they cover their face now. And so what naturally happens? Uh, in the good old days when we did nothing about a virus, right? We didn't go and hide in our house or wear a mask or anything like that, uh, or wash our hands every minute. We, uh, well, we did wash our hands a lot. I have to admit that. My mother told me to wash my hands. So get we get to what's called herd immunity, which means, what does that mean? That means a lot of people have it, and enough people have it that the virus dies out. What do I mean virus dies out? How does a virus live? A virus needs somebody to catch it, and it replicates itself inside that person, and then it's, that person spreads it on to the next person, and on and on and on. But when there's nobody to spread it on to, the virus dies because viruses can't live forever. They just die off. And that happens when you get to herd immunity, meaning there's enough people that don't have it that it's not going to spread anymore. That's kind of the normal. That's the old way. So is this virus like the good old viruses? How about herd immunity? Let's talk about herd immunity. Herd immunity. Sounds like we're a bunch of cattle out here, doesn't it? Well, when... Uh, he says when the number, here's, here's, this is, let's get mathematical. <laughs> okay, herd immunity. To get to herd immunity, it, when the number of people uh, that are infected, that have been infected, and the num plus the number of people that have been vaccinated against this thing is greater than 60% of the population, then that's the definition of herd immunity. But that brings up all kinds of questions. It does to me. My God. 
that you just can't say those things without asking a lot of questions. Oh, by the way, let me just say this for a second. There's something called the uh, the Barrington Agreement that, that we're some of the world's top uh, virologists, people who understand viruses and how they spread, have all signed their name. There's a huge number of them. And they've said, uh, hey, the way to get through this is to let's get to herd immunity. Just let it spread for crying out loud. Uh, you know, be, those who have to be safe, be safe. Put yourself in a position of safety. I'll say that absolutely true. You need to do that. But Let's get the herd immunity and let's get there as quickly as we can because then this virus is going to go away and let's don't kill the darn economy doing it. That's what they're saying. Here's one of those questions I've wanted to ask about our current COVID virus. <clears throat> if you catch the COVID virus, uh, then you get uh, some kind of immunity, right? Well, I mean, I think I'm immune from the things I've been vaccinated against in the past. So I'm, I don't have any problem going around someone who has polio, for example. I'm, I don't think I'll ever get it. Or measles, for example. But should I worry if I've had this virus and I have the antibodies, therefore I have, I'm safe? Can I catch it a second time? I've never heard anybody talk about that other than we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, this has been going on for a year. Somebody should know. What the heck are we studying? What are we paying all those doctors for? For not to answer silly, simple questions. I mean, don't you want to know? If you caught it, whether you can catch it again. And if you can catch it again, can you spread it again? Uh, good questions. Those are questions for you to answer. Because they make me, those, the answers to those questions could make me extremely nervous. Extremely nervous. Just think about the ramifications of the answers to those questions. If the answer is, you can catch it a second, and a third, and a fourth time, and you can spread it the second, third, and fourth time. doesn't matter whether you have caught it before. In other words, those antibodies don't work. Is that right? I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there. But what are, what's the fact? What's the fact? Okay, let's talk about a lockdown. I love lockdowns. You Everybody else like lockdowns? I think the whole world is kind of paranoid now about being in a lockdown. So what's the rationale? Why are we having lockdowns? Ever ask that question? Why do we have lockdowns? Well, um, I can uh, I have some very good listeners here who have understand the real reason for that, and that is, hey, we're crowding the ICU units in the hospitals with COVID cases, and when you run out of beds, there uh, people are going to die unnecessarily because they can't they don't have the proper treatment, right? I mean, that's kind of it. We're filling up the hospitals too fast. That was the reason we had the first lockdown. That's the reason. But there are some states that have lockdowns now. That's a rationale that's given. Follow the science, by golly. You know, like New York City. They're having it, right? They're saying that uh, New York says this is when they're, uh, those important beds get full or greater than 80% full. That's when they have a lockdown. And that's what they're doing. Okay, so that's, that's just, okay. They have a guideline. They're following it. But uh, what's the real problem? It's not that people can't find a bed. It's that there is not enough beds. It's that simple. So what's the solution? Get more beds. For God's sake, get more beds. Is that a real problem? I mean, it, people are acting like it's impossible to get more beds. Think about that for a second. You really think that a country the size of the United States can't get more beds? Is, it, is that, am I sounding foolish by saying that? I don't know. Think about that.
You see, in uh, New York City at the beginning of the virus, uh, what did the national government do? Why, it sent a U.S. Navy hospital ship up into New York Harbor. Yeah, it did. And they didn't use it, or hardly at all used it, right? Could they send it back? Yes. Would that have some good beds that could be used? Yes. Is that a way of adding, adding beds quickly and easily and with really good quality? Yes. So don't tell me you can't add beds. So it sounds like politicians aren't solving the problem. They're making a problem. That's just my thinking. Ah, you guys think for yourself. You're free to disagree with me. Most people do. Okay. No, that's not really not true. A lot of people do anyway. <laughs> Okay, let's move right on to vaccinations. Okay, we have approved two companies that have come out with uh, their vaccinations, Pfizer Company and Moderna. Pfizer has some history now because it's being shot into people, a lot of people. They had, there was a little problem with the first people in England and there was a little problem of uh, people in Chicago, that, uh, a hospital in Chicago actually stopped giving that particular one for a little while and slowed it down, actually. I can think they're continuing now because four of their uh, people they gave it to had a, rather a large problem. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, they have there's some concern about these. There's some concern. There's a, a small percentage of people that react very badly to that uh, Pfizer. We don't, who knows about Moderna? It hasn't been shot into people yet. So let's have it. Let's see what happens. Well... Uh, now, why? I'll tell you about Pfizer because he, he, here's what the word is on Pfizer. Why does a person want to get the vac vaccination? Well, they're going to feel safer. They feel they get their life back, right? Ah, that's not true. Okay, what is true is here's the benefit of getting that vaccination. If you get the catch the COVID later on, it you will get a milder version. In other words, it reduces the chance of it killing you. That's what they're saying. Um, I'm just thinking about that. Now, let's see. Is that a, what kind of a vaccination is that? When I had my polio vaccination, that meant I would never get polio. It'd be really hard. This one's not saying you'll never get the COVID. It says you, it's not going to stop you getting the COVID. It just, you'll be a little better off. Huh? You know, I, Huh? Am I ever going to get measles again? I don't think I'll ever get measles in the rest of my life. But this vaccination from Pfizer, you are going to get COVID. I mean, in fact, they're basically promising it to you because you can't stop the darn virus from spreading around. So uh, that's not good. So why? What? Where? Who? What? Hot? Who? Does anybody have any answers to that one? Okay. And let's continue on with that vaccination from Pfizer. You know, if a person actually catches the virus after they've been vaccinated, here's a question for you. Can they spread the virus by sneezing, uh, you know, at that point in time? It's, can they spread the virus? Uh, because nobody can answer that question that I know of. Maybe I've missed the, the story. But every time I hear the news, they're saying, uh, I don't know, uh, needs to be studied, uh, don't know. Well, uh, here's a little question for you. What good is the virus is after you take it, you're just like anybody else, you can catch it, the virus again. After you've been vaccinated, you can catch the virus again and you can spread it again. Assume that's true. 
what's it? Why take the virus? Why take vaccination? Okay, hey, I can understand. Take it in order to reduce the severity of catching it when you do catch it. That makes sense, especially for people who are truly uh, vulnerable. And and I encourage everyone who is in that category to do everything, to do everything they can do. You know, self isolate. Uh, you know, lots of hand sanitizer, use the mask, uh, stay away from people, uh, strongly consider the vaccination and where it's coming from. Okay, well, uh, there are uh, four vaccines coming into the United States. Two have been approved, the Pfizer and the Moderna uh, vaccines. Uh, there are two more coming. Uh, the third one, I hope, comes soon. It will be the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. We'll see how what its efficacy is, because nobody's told us yet. And I hope it's high, like these other ones, 90% range. Um, and because uh, the it has a big advantage over the first two, that is that you only get jabbed once. The Moderna and Pfizer, you get jabbed twice in order to take, get a vaccinated Johnson & Johnson, just once like the good old days. I like the good old days. Just once, you cry a little bit, you go home. You know, that's it. Done. And... Uh, and let's see what the science is behind the Johnson & Johnson. The first two are uh, mRNA type uh, vaccines. I don't know what Johnson & Johnson is. And the fourth one, I forgot the name of it. And it looks like it'll be the last one. But there is enough for, uh, that has been purchased by the United States for uh, of all four of those vaccines. They've all been pre-purchased by the U.S. government. That uh, I would say everybody could get vaccinated twice. I mean, there's a huge amount of vaccine coming. coming. I mean, it's not here today, but it's coming. Next year, especially the first quarter, there should be a huge number of vaccines available. So that's it for today. I hope I uh, have uh, left you with some questions to answer in your own mind. Uh, their questions, I think, are really important to our lifestyle, our environment, what we're doing out here today. So hang in there. Have a really Merry Christmas. I mean, it's a hell of a topic to be saying that about. But have a Merry Christmas in spite of the virus that's out there. See those beautiful lights and trees and presents and loved ones. Everyone, I'll see you after Christmas. I'll be back. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.